Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Shots on Brie. And I'm Joe. Do you have an updates corner? Do I have updates? No updates, no. None? I've been busy with other stuff, you know, like like a merch store and a website and other things that are not necessary. We're definitely going to have to leave space. Well, that's part of the updates corner. So technically, you do have updates. I mean, I guess so. So we've got a merch store now and we've got a, a website and we're kind of we've we're in the midst of a bit of a network partnership. So we'll see how that works out. So. So I was uh, telling a listener a friend of mine the other day. About our merch store and she asked what a merch store was. Or that you buy merch from like sweet kick ass crime shots swag. Right. Well, what she was looking for is for me to say merchandise. Yeah, that's too long. It's just because she didn't understand merch, merch. Merch. Nobody likes long words. So yeah, so uh, we'll put a link in the... Are we going to put a link in the episodes? Nah, we'll just put it on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, easy enough. Yeah, so go click on the link and... We want to see everybody walking around with Crime Shots merch on. Yeah. So that's how I'm going to show up to Thanksgiving this year. I think we all are. I think there's going to be a whole wave of merch going around in the family. With my Crime shot sweats and my Crime shot socks and my Crime Shots jacket. And your Crime Shots pillow in case you need a nap. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my Crime Shots blanket in case I get cold. There you go. Yeah, so, okay, so this one is probably going to be pretty short, but, and I thought, well, there's not a lot of information to even discuss this, but once I get into it, you'll understand the importance of actually getting the information out there. Okay, so this case is out of Madisonville, Texas. Okay. Madisonville's just, it's like just under 30 miles from Huntsville, where Sam Houston State is as well as the Texas State Penitentiary. We've all been to Huntsville, yes? Yes. Yes, we have. Yeah. I think I want to say I, like, hinted in a previous episode that Nikki went to school there, but I don't know if she was, like, all about talking about it. Now we have. Yeah. Next to the big Sam Houston statue. Yeah. Yeah. Madisonville is basically, like, the center point center point between Dallas and Houston off I-45. And it's also known as the mushroom capital of Texas. 
Where do you find this stuff? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm starting to wonder what our town is known for, you know? Yeah. Oh, Good Lord. What's the town you live in? Mm-hmm. Railroads. Yeah, but it's not the railroad capital of Texas. No, nope, so it's is the it, crossroads of Texas. Is it the scorpion capital of Texas? No, that's just your house. It is the it crossroads of know Texas. That. It is, like, that's when you look it up. It's called the crossroads of Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you talking about me looking at the mushroom capital? Yeah, I mean, it seems like you pull those up every single time. But I feel like it's almost like, you know, every day of the year is a holiday if you look it up. Oh. And nobody really knows what they are until yeah. somebody brings it up, and then it's like, okay. So, I feel like it's kind of the same thing. Right. On MadisonvilleTexas.com, it says at the top, Mushroom Capital of Texas. Mm. I mean, I feel like they just they just claimed it, and nobody else said, nah. So they kept it. Well, they have a they have a huge mushroom festival every year. Okay. All right then. So it's called well, the Kalachi, the Kalachi capital of Texas. Um, I've never read that, but so on September seventeenth, two thousand sixteen, a man's mowing his land, which is on the frontage road of I forty five. When I say man's mowing his land, it's like a farmer mowing his pasture. Yep. It says the 7,800th block of I-45 North, but I can't find a landowner for that particular area. Like a current landholder? Yeah, like when you look it up, it's not technically... When you look up the 7,800 block of I-45 North, it's actually showing up in Ennis, and so that's not Madisonville. Anyway, it's uh, so it's it's like a pasture with like barbed bar wire fence around it. Okay. Also, apparently, it's not common in the north or around the world. So I'll just explain. Texas is like a bunch of pastures separated by fences, uh, mostly flat land used for agricultural purposes. The barbed wire fences are to keep animals in, cows, horses, sheep, etc. Not so much used to keep people out. Correct. We have shotguns for that. <laughs> okay. So it's not used in the same sense as a prison. Right. Okay. Well, I say uh, this lands right off of the interstate. It should be noted that this is a rural, 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 rural. I'm just going to say section of road. So it's not a townish. Yeah. Not uh not may- maybe not paved, maybe paved. No, it's paved. Like it's a super busy interstate. But it's not like traffic is backed up for miles. It's and like there's a bunch of stores around. 545? Yes. Yeah, I mean it's a it's an interstate, but it's Yeah, I mean rural meaning outside of town. Right. So, it's kind of interstate you drive like 80 miles an hour and you just go straight through with nothing but land 90. and cattle around it. 90? Or 95. I don't know if the speed limit is 90 there. I think it's like 75. I mean, it's not necessarily a speed limit. Speed limits are, are suggestions. <laughs> Let's get that straight right off the bat. Okay. And that is your opinion. So anyway, so guy is just mowing on his tractor when he hears his mower hit something. So he hops off 
and notices a suitcase in his pasture. Nice. Does that have money in it? Well, let me tell you. Naturally, just like you would, he goes to investigate to see what, what it is and what's inside of it. Of course. So he opens it up, the black suitcase. The suitcase is small. It doesn't really look like old or torn up or anything. Let's get this out of the way first. Is, are we talking about a briefcase? Or are we know. talking about luggage? Luggage. Okay, that's not as that's not as money filled normally. Is it? That's you true. said small. What are we talking? Right. It How is big? small. Um, like a. Well, here I'll just I'll just explain all this because and I'm gonna. It's important to note that none of the reports describe this. All they all they say is a black suitcase. I'm describing what the evidence picture looks like. Gotcha. So it's small. It doesn't really look old or torn up. It's just like it's covered in. It's like dirty. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it's not like ripped and like, you know, wore out. I guess. Um, it's black with like brown zippers, and it says e bags on the front of it. E dash bags. No e bags, like lowercase e, capital B A G S. Huh. So I did a little digging. And like I said, nowhere in the report does it talk about it. I'm just going off the evidence pictures. So I went to ebags.com to try and find this bag. And it appears to be a part of a set, with this suitcase being the smaller of the set. So the carry-on. Basically, yes. Okay. It looks like it's part of the Motherload set, but maybe like an older version of it. Okay. And this brand is not cheap. Some of these run $400 a suitcase. Dying. Yeah. You can get them on Amazon for like 100 bucks, but from the eBags website, that's, that's a different scenario. But this looks like it may be like an older model. Okay. Moving on. So the guy opens the bag and finds what he refers to as a pink dress. But to me, it looks like a toddler shirt. That does that little flare thing at the bottom. Uh, It's long-sleeved with butterflies and hearts on it, and it says, follow your dreams. Mm. There's also a couple of diapers inside that are size 4. Okay. He also notices some white garbage bags. Assuming it's probably more baby clothes, stuff like that, he opens the bags and finds skeletal remains. Not cool. The Madison County Sheriff, Travis Neely, is contacted immediately. Upon initial investigation, they also found a peg tube. A peg tube. A peg tube. Peg tube. Yes. What the hell's a peg tube? Okay. It is a percutaneous endoscopic gastronomy. It's a procedure to place a feeding tube in the stomach. And the tube itself is referred to as the peg tube. Okay, so it's a feeding tube. Right. It's a medical procedure, and once the tube is placed, it allows the person to receive nutrients directly into the stomach. So it's a, I mean, so it's a feeding tube. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's... But But it's referred to as a peg tube. Right. Well, the reason why I'm specifying, because it's not the kind of feeding tube that would normally go, like, through your nose and down. It's the kind that's surgically implanted in your stomach. Ooh. 
Does that make so sense? So it's the tube, yeah, it's the tube that goes through the skin directly right. into your stomach, bypassing everything else. Right. Okay. So <clears throat> everything's taken to a lab for testing to determine who, what, where, when, how, why, all the things. Right. Investigators determine that the skeletal remains are that of a little girl somewhere between the age of two and six years old. Testing showed that she had been dead for three to five months, which puts her death between April and June of 2016. Initially, they said that she's likely Caucasian or Hispanic with thick, dark hair. Yeah, so she's fully decomposed at this point. Right. So it's just bones and hair. And was there clothes? Like, was she, was she clothed or was she? Yes. Was there none of that? They assumed that the clothes that were found were actually on her. So uh, there was the shirt that I was talking about, two socks. Wait, they were on her? Well, or they in the, in the bag. They may have been on her when she was murdered and then they took them off? Or... Well, I didn't say she was murdered. Okay, let's say when she died, was it, was she dressed in the bag? Like... They, You're saying they, they, they don't know. Okay, so here they don't know because everything in there was like separated into different garbage bags. Hmm. So it is possible that she was wearing the clothes when she died. However, because of the state of decomposition and the state of the bag, it's they they have no way to know that for sure. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it just seems like, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is, if you're, so you're saying, how many of these white trash bags were in the in the luggage? I don't know, it doesn't say. Like a couple? Like a few. And all the body parts were found in one bag or no. multiple bags? See, that's what See, that's what gets me, is because they said that there were multiple garbage bags with clothing and skeletal remains. That's all the information that they give away. Yeah. Now, they could be holding that information for a reason, those specifics. True. So True. that that's all I can find. Okay. They determined that the reason for the feeding tube is because she had a condition called micrognathia. And I had okay. Google pronounce help me with that. Mm-hmm. So it's when the lower jaw is smaller than usual. Hmm. Most of the time, it's something a child's born with. Um, and it causes problems eating or breathing. In some cases, it can correct itself as they get older. Right. Although, the reports never mention this about this case, but micrognathia can also be a symptom of another genetic, like other genetic syndromes. Mm. Like there's a whole list of, of ones that it can be associated with. But in the in the reports related to this particular case, they don't mention any of the other syndromes. Okay. I think they believe that this was the only, based off of the evidence, this is all they could come up with. Right. Um, so, like I said, the feeding tube has to be surgically placed, and it's a 1.2 centimeter tube with a code on it. So the code reads, and I'm going to tell you what her code said. It says, AA. 4069F02. Okay, and is this some kind of 
Serial number? Yes. Okay. So it turns out the code is a type of serial number that can be traced back to a facility that distributes the tubes. Gotcha. However, there's no way to determine where that specific tube was distributed to. Cause they, because they supply all over the world. So it's just a serial number. It's not, it's not right. really traceable. Right. They, they, all they can trace is where it was made, basically. Right. Autopsy would reveal her cause of death as homicide with no evidence of trauma. Hmm. So they don't, how do you, how do you consider an homicide if it's not? Right. I have no idea. There was like there was no evidence of trauma whatsoever on the bones or the remains, but they still ruled it a homicide. I mean, obviously somebody manipulated the the remains after whatever happened, but you can't you can't really call that a homicide without. I wouldn't think it seems odd that that's a. I, I felt like it was odd that they ruled it a homicide. Yeah, that's an odd determination. But, I mean, I've seen I've seen things that were a lot more likely to be a homicide ruled right. unknown or right whatever. So that's kind of seems weird. I don't know. I don't know why they call. I don't know why they labeled it that. Okay. The Madison County Sheriff teamed up with National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, as well as the Amber Alert Network. Both names speak for themselves. I should. I don't need to explain them. Uh, however, the case goes cold. In the meantime, a forensic artist with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children did a CT scan of the skull and was able to develop a facial reconstruction to show what the girl may have looked like. So that's that's released everywhere. And I guess we'll put that on Facebook. Yep. Investigators okay. also perform a genetic analysis similar to that of something like 23andMe, right. which can tell a person's ancestry in a way. This showed her genetics has ties to El Salvador and Nuevo Leon, Mexico. Yeah, I mean, it just, to me, it's, you're talking about I-45, which is kind of a major corridor. Right. I mean, it wouldn't be unheard of that somebody may have been trying to get across the border and passed away in the process and just to make sure that nothing was ever traced back to them she was put in a in luggage and thrown out into a field i just i kind of wonder it seems like so if you were right if this were to happen and then you just put her directly in a bag and put her in a, a luggage there's going to be a lot more to it than it sounds like this is a lot cleaner, almost like there was a body found or, or a skeleton found somewhere, and then they bagged it up, put it in luggage, and threw it out in a field. Right? Or is that just me? Well, let's see. I mean, okay. So after they, after they determined the genetics, uh, the case, just it just kind of sits there again. Then inve investigators do a pollen analysis from the samples taken off the suitcase and the remains. So I knew they could do that, but I guess I don't really, you don't, like, I don't really hear much about it most of the time. Explain, explain what a pollen analysis is going to do for us. Okay. 
So basically, they take a sample of the pollen from an object or person and can determine in a lab the geographic location it came from or can determine if the sample matches another sample. So they're wanting to see if there's pollen on the body that matches the bag? No, no, no. They're just, so they, so basically they found pollen samples off of. On the bag and the body and they're, and they're trying to figure out where they're from. Right. Gotcha. So in this case, the pollen found on the suitcase and parts of the clothing were determined to have come from Southwest United States, specifically Arizona or Northern Mexico. Mm. I just think that's amazing. I mean, that they can take samples off of something and be like, oh, this bag has recently gone through Arizona or Mexico. I mean, it makes sense because of different geographical areas are going to have different species of plants and animals. Right. That are native to only that area. Right. So I can see how you could do that. No, yeah, no. I I mean, I, I understand the concept of it. I'm just. Yeah. Like, it just, it gets me excited about, like, technology. I'm anyway. going to reserve my excitement for when we, when we get a little further along and see what the, see what the oh. results really show. Oh, I hate to disappoint oh, is you. That, is that not going to help out? So, a sheriff, Travis Neely, has since retired. Uh, the investigators, however, are still very much actively investigating she is listed on the Doe Network as well as NamUs. Uh, case number 15905. Additional personal items found with the remains. A military-issued camo shirt. Desert digital pattern. Silver child's bedspread gray. An adult sweatshirt and a small green blanket. And this was all in the... In the suitcase. And there was never, I mean, you think if there was a military-style shirt that's obviously not associated with the body, maybe there's DNA they could pull off of that? That would be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, sure. (laughs) She is being referred to as the Madisonville Jane Doe. Hmm. And the case is still unsolved. Yeah. So, uh, if you have any information, contact the Madison County Sheriff's Office, Sheriff Bobby Adams, at 936-348-2755, or the Southwestern Institute of Forensic Science. The contacting person is Casey Gould, 214-920-5900. The case number is 16-16341. So, they find basically a baby. In a field, and no one knows who she is, and no one has reported her missing or has even tried to contact them. I mean, I'd be interested to see how many bodies they find, though, that are, you know, like I was saying about trafficking people across the border. Right. I've heard stories, firsthand account stories, of people finding bodies out in the middle of the desert because they were trying to get across and it's not as easy as just walking to the store this is you're crossing some really treacherous terrain and people die all the time out there right so it's you know how many of those are ever really identified 
because they're not, you think about it, they don't have identification. They don't have any form of federal ID or any type of, you know, who knows what they may have, if anything. I mean, they're pretty much coming with the shirt on their back. Okay, so, so I'll I'll give you a, I'll give you a numbers crunch real go. quick. Uh, so currently in Texas, there are two hundred and ninety three John Does, ninety one Jane Does, including our Madisonville Jane Doe. Those are people <laughs> that those are basically people bodies that have been found. And yeah, unidentified. we're never identified. That's a lot less than I expected. And that's just Texas. Well, I'm. I would expect that to be quite a bit more, in just Texas. You know what I mean? Well, this lists. So, the, so this is on the Doe Network. It's doenetwork.org, and this does not list potential matches. So they have some that have potential DNA matches, or, uh, you know. Whatever. Yeah. And this is only, like I said, it's only Texas. But you can also look up all the other states, and you can look up Canada, Mexico, Europe, and Australia on the Doe Network website. But that doesn't include missing people. That is strictly unidentified. Yeah. I don't know. I I was looking through a lot of Reddit conversations about the Madisonville. Jane Doe, just to see kind of what people were saying. First of all, the sheriff, Sheriff Travis Neely, said in a statement to, I don't remember, I think it was KVTX, that uh, that was the first and only time something like that's ever happened. I want to yeah. say in one of those reports, he even said that they've never had a murder over there, which I don't think is true. Hmm. I just seems like an odd statement. Well, I don't think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> not in Madisonville. I mean, it could be. I'm not. I'm not assuming anything. I'm just saying. I don't think that's. I don't think that's true. <laughs> but hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, they are. They are actively working on it. But some of the Reddit conversations. One of the ones that really got me was somebody got on there and was like. Obviously, this this is a family that was probably traveling that are probably from Mexico. And they're probably not even supposed to be over here. But they were seeking medical help at different places. And then, you know, didn't know what to do. I mean, if they were really seeking medical help, though, I don't think I don't think the hospitals are allowed to turn you away if you're if it's dire. Right. Well, no, but once she gets her medical help and then they leave and they're just traveling trying to find a place to go and she, you know, passes away, I mean, what are they supposed to do, I guess? Yeah. When you're not well, supposed right. to be and here. That's, right. It's like if we it's exactly. like if we go to another country, you know, without, you know, our passport or whatever, we just sneak in or whatever and something happens, like, yeah. like what do you oh, do? Oh, yeah, I mean... It, and that's that's the craziest part about the situation we have on the southern border, right? Is that, you know, this is, it's talked about so much that I think it kind of desensitizes people to really what's, what all's going on there. You know what I mean? 
and how crazy that would be. And you kind of, you nailed it there when you said that. It's like, imagine if you did the exact opposite of what these people are doing and then imagine what kind of things you would encounter and go through. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what these people are dealing with. I mean, it's a crazy, that's, it doesn't sound crazy. Oh, they just crossed the border. But you, most people don't move out of their original hometown, Uh let alone to a, to a completely different country where you're not allowed to be there. You don't know if you're going to get in trouble for being there. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you're going to run into. I mean, there's, and you run into different types of people too, especially in Texas, like with all the land and people, you know, taking care of their own stuff. It's not like a big, you know, big time city, especially in, you know, Madisonville. Everything Mm -hmm. is super just spaced out and you just never know what you're going to come up on. It's not like a forest that's owned by the state that you can just walk through. These are, this is people's land. Right. And a couple things that I am flabbergasted by. Number one, that, uh, somebody puts a baby in a suitcase and tosses them over a barbed wire fence. I, I can't, I don't understand that. And I feel like there, I feel like that kind of feeds into the whole homicide ruling because if it was an accident and they were just trying to, they didn't know what to do, you would think that they would, I don't know, go off into a field somewhere where people didn't see them and just like, you know, have a prayer, bury them or something. You know what I mean? Just like have remorse, like out of respect for their, their child type situation. Right, but it you know you also have to keep in mind too. This may not have been a family at all, right? True. It's not always families. This is also parents will do this just to try to get their kids a better life, right? And they send them off with somebody they don't know right. that they just paid to get them across the border. Once these people have their money, they don't care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the life doesn't matter. That's why you find these people packed in cattle trailers and stuff. I mean, they don't care about that. They just care about getting the money and doing their thing. So if this may have been one of those scenarios where she was or they were paid to get her across the border and then she ends up dying while they have her. Yeah. I mean, just whatever you got to do to get rid of the body and, you know, not get caught for it. Well, and I it think... is kind of it, it does seem odd that there's no. You'd think there'd be plenty of DNA in that if there's. Well, so, okay. Even if there is DNA. Okay. So say they say they have the DNA and they list it. They have to have something to match it to. True. Right. And another thing is you would think. So they're saying that because of her condition. Based off of the autopsy. They feel like she required round the clock medical care. So you would think that if she was being treated in the US, somebody would say when they hear this, they would say I had a patient that just stopped coming or you know, we were that that matches a a, a patient that I treated on several occasions or whatever. Or even if you know, they were taken from a hospital. You would think that a hospital would be like, hey, this person, there was that, that matches the description of a person that was taken from the hospital. That's right. why I, <clears throat> that's why I believe more so in the whole theory that they weren't necessarily from here, from right. the U.S. Because somebody would say something or they would be able to match. Right. And they're going to have all kinds someone. of identifying things as well. I mean, when you go to right. a hospital, you're getting 
they're getting the wristbands and they're getting paperwork right. and they're getting all kinds of things that even if that even if they weren't on her at the time, they would be able to be matched quite easily, I would think. So right. I also feel like what throws me off and they don't talk about it like at all in any of their reports, but the military issued camo shirt throws me off. Cause I well, feel like it's, that's or does it? Be, yeah. Because I feel like that's gotta be somebody here. Why would they have it? Mm, those, you can go to any military. Um, what do they call them? Uh, Depot surplus military surplus stores. You can go to any military surplus store and get cheap, cheap, cheap shirts. I mean, that's, I would almost say that says more. I would almost imagine that that almost means it's even more likely that this was some type of coyote type thing. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, you're right. That does make sense. Cause if they're, you know, if they've crossed the border with, and they've, they've lost their clothing or something. They're going to be yeah. given whatever the military has to give them because that's who's down there. Yep. So that I guess that does make sense, but but they have uh, released all this information in Arizona. I mean, I guess there's little they can do if it's somebody in Mexico, but right. So we're in 2021. This was in 2016 when she was found. So yeah. It's just, uh, it's going to be one of those story that stories that the people of Madisonville tell, you know, for years to come, I'm sure. I mean, it would be nice if they were able to identify her, but at this point. Yeah, it doesn't look, uh, but doesn't I think, look promising. Right, but I think that that's why it's important for us, uh, you know, with us being in the position that we are to kind of get the word out there. So... We've given all the contact information and the case numbers, and so just let it happen. Mm. Maybe somebody can anonymously contact them, you know? I'm looking at the location of where the body was found, and it doesn't, it's not jiving with what you said. What do you mean? Well, if you click on the, on the NamUs link. Right. Location found. It's like right in the middle of Madisonville. Yeah, that's what Not I said. Not that that's, but this is. No, that's that's this, exactly what I said. You said it's in a rural neighborhood area. So off and of that's I-25? on Highway Twenty One. No, no, no. And seventy five. No, she was found off of I forty five. That's what I'm saying. Just not driving. I wonder if that's. They're probably just pointing out Madisonville, Texas. Probably. Because <clears throat> that's what it looks like. Which Madisonville, Texas is a thriving city. It's not, I mean, it's it's bigger than the towns you and I live in. But is it's it? not, yeah, it is. But it's not, uh. Oh, well, yeah, it's big, yeah, well. But that section of I-45 is pretty, it's, it's pretty desolate. Like, it's yeah. not, like, I, there's a Bucky's there, but it's a super small one. Right. And most of the time when you're driving down that road, it's so open and so empty. That you can actually see prisoners from Huntsville picking up trash. Right. So. And for those that don't know what Bucky's is, it's one of those things. It's one of those things that when you go there, when you go there, you go, why don't we have these? Mm-hmm. 
and it's because you don't live in Texas and you should move. You go in to get gas and five sacks of unnecessary crap later. Because they got everything. Yeah. Bucky's is amazing, but I live a lot closer to a Bucky's than you do. Mm. I don't need Bucky's. They're just cool. <laughs> Bucky's are awesome. And they have the cleanest restrooms. Yep. If if you're ever traveling through Texas and you have the opportunity to stop at a Bucky's, just stop at a Bucky's and get you some beaver nuggets. <laughs> and then half the bag later, you're going to get sick and be like, oh, but then you'll end up eating the rest later. Cause... And if you buy extra bags, you can send them to our mom. She loves the beaver nuggets. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so that's my case. I'm sticking to it. On to the next. Yeah.